Hey, everybody, coming up with the Matt Townsend Show today. Do you beat yourself up when something goes wrong? How long do you stew after a difficult life event? Feeling bad is part of life, but how long should we be feeling bad? We're talking about it right after the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Intense violence on the streets of Cairo broke out today when armed security forces and bulldozers moved to clear makeshift camps set up by supporters of deposed Egyptian President Mohamed Morsi. The resulting clashes left at least 235 people dead and over 2,000 more injured. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry is calling the violence deplorable and army-backed rulers have declared a one-month state of emergency. The nation's interim vice president has opted to resign his post, saying there could have been a peaceful solution to the situation. The pilot and co-pilot aboard a UPS cargo plane both died today when the plane crashed and exploded while on approach to the Birmingham, Alabama airport. No other casualties have been reported in relation to the crash, and National Transportation Safety Board officials are at the scene. Disgraced former Illinois Representative Jesse Jackson Jr. is going to serve two and a half years in prison for misusing campaign funds. His wife will serve one year for tax fraud. Jackson gave a public apology today, saying he misled the American people. Pentagon officials are revealing new plans to extend benefits to same-sex spouses of uniformed military personnel and civilian employees. The decision comes in response to June's Supreme Court ruling requiring the federal government to recognize same-sex marriages from states where the practice is legal. New economic data released today shows the eurozone is finally out of recession. Both France and Germany had better-than-expected growth, as did Portugal, after previously needing a bailout. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach. Send me in, coach, uh, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program to give you the tools you need, hopefully to see life a little bit happier. Today is a happy looking at life topic. Um, it's actually we're looking at the opposite of that. Have you ever heard of the word brooder? And it's not your male family member. In uh, Germany. In Germany. <laughs> it's not your brooder. So when you think of a brooder, do you think of an animal like a bird nesting, kind of putting a nest together? Like a majestic bald eagle hatching its young patriotic. Do you think of that? Absolutely. Or do you think of just this really depressed, negative, black cloud Eeyore? It's a word that I think like vampire, like, you know, you know, the, the before, well, I guess maybe even current, but like the vampire that's like, I'm quiet and I'm, I'm guilt ridden because of all the terrible things I've, I've done in my past. Yeah, I went like so straight, Mr. Darcy, Mr. Rochester, classic, really good literary brooding males. See you, you begin, that's because you're well informed. <laughs> and well, educated because I read Jane Eyre. See, you did that. Now, Colonel Sanders would have gone, I'm sure. To a character on Simpsons. Absolutely. Is there a brooder on on Simpsons? I think at times Marge, especially as she thinks Marge. about her family. 
<laughs> you just hear that squeaky voice. Marge is a brooder probably at times. So a brooder is – what's the word? Sulking. They're moping around. There's somebody that's experienced trauma in life and by definition from um, some dictionary – Somewhere on the somewhere internet. on the interweb is, has a morbid meditation, morbid, deathly fixation or meditation. So are you a brooder? Are you one that when something happens to you in life, you fall into a funk – of sulking and just negatively stewing, I think is the word. That is what we're talking about today. We found some really cool articles that have kind of brought us here. And we're going to be bringing on an expert who's going to teach us. His name is Guy Winch. He's going to teach us the negative impact of brooding. Is that right, Merritt? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to teach us the effects of it and how to combat it. But it's natural. It's What am I supposed mm, yeah. to feel when my boyfriend <laughs> breaks up with me? See, there's this thing called like natural grieving period, but yeah. then there's kind of like a fixation on it. It's and like that's when, what yeah. brooding is. It's when you're writing it and you're just yeah. – you're riding that wave for the next year. <laughs> that's a brood wave. Yeah. Are, you, are you riding that wave or is that wave – Writing you. That's riding you. Hmm. I don't know. Sorry. Did I get too deep? I'm that sorry. was like very <laughs> profound. But the, the, so we don't really use the word brooding. It doesn't seem like in everyday English. No, not really. I, I We'd say you're stewing. You seem down. You seem in a it, funk. Yeah. You seem bummed. Can't stop thinking about it. You seem no. to have a morbid meditation, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, it's a normal conversation. But we've all sat there and had somebody go through you know, a grieving process. But grieving and brooding are different things. Yeah, yeah. Well, and see, brooding couldn't – I mean, brooding could be about something that has been traumatic to you. But it could be just like – really bad customer service at the grocery store that you then think about for the rest of the day and Why you have to so like rude? tell everybody about your bad experience yeah. and how annoying like, these what, people were and you're what did angry I do to about them? for the rest of the day. On my that would end, be brooding. On my end, it's I, the next day in the shower, I'll think like, man, that guy the other day, he was really annoying. And I'll be like, but if, you know, I really should have like said this to him. And then I'm like, but then he'd be like, but then he'd like say this yeah. to me. And then I'm sitting there in the shower and I'm like screaming, mentally screaming at myself in the shower. Oh my heavens. And then. Can you hear this song? Hello darkness, my old friend. Good old Simon, Simon Gar- Garfunkel. It's your brooding moment. That, by the way, is that's got to be the brooding song of the of the century. That is like that's I don't, a brooder. Even if you're in a great mood, I think yeah. the song would bring you down. Simon and Garfunkel are brooders. They're <laughs> brooders in music. Well, who is it? Is it Simon or is it Garfunkel that just like does not like the other one? You <laughs> <laughs> see, that's and then you know you almost. Maybe that's what makes you a good artist is to be able to have the ability to brood so you can go deep and, and meditate in morbidity. It could be the – but the Eagles, they, they came out with a song uh, a few years ago that was called Get Over It. Yeah. So <laughs> – Yeah, so they're not brooders. They're not brooders. Well, and I would say they were rather successful. Yeah. yeah. They did fine. But here's the thing is that n- no matter what – emotion somebody's communicating they're going to be more successful if they have like for example let's take taylor swift okay taylor swift has the classic breakup song and i don't really listen to her so i can't even say what that is it's a good one one with the annoying lyrics um yeah we'll never ever get back together that one yeah wow aaron there we go on it pulling that one out of the hat (laughs) somebody loves taylor swift she still couldn't top elton john though 
Elton, Elton, Elton John with his sad song, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Turn them on, baby. See, but this doesn't make you rude. This is fun, hip, let's that's just true. mourn. That's a pretty happy sad song. Yeah. It's not like Taps. Taps is a broody <laughs> song. It's sad. That's a real downer. It's a downer song. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing. Actually, there is research done on this. Mm-hmm. Um, University of California at Berkeley. They tested a bunch of people and they would confront these people with like a really bad situation and then they would ask them to rate listen to music afterward and then rate that music according to their oh their mood their mood okay and people who were had this angry situation uh-huh. liked angry music way better really than happy music after they- what's an example of angry music oh oh i got one oh That's kind of a classic breakup song there. (laughs) Wow. I mean, but that isn't that interesting. That's like, that's just sounds like rock and roll. I mean, that sounds like dark. No, that sounds like angsty teenage rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But but there's a big difference, too, between something that just has a good rock vibe to it versus lyrics that say, I hate you. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just angry. But you're saying if they, uh, if they listen, if they're down and they listen, they're mad and they listen to mad music. It'll make them feel better than happy music will. Well, that's interesting. I mean, Misery Loves Company. We, I mean, it's something we're kind of all aware of. I always think back to like Sleepless in Seattle when they're constantly watching an affair to remember and yeah. mourning their yeah. singleness. That's pretty hilarious. I mean, that's totally the, exactly that same pattern. It's. I don't want to watch <laughs> a movie that will actually make me feel better. But, I want to watch a movie that will give me an excuse to cry. You want because to get that emotion out of you. Yeah, exactly. So you're telling me that, and anyone can jump in. Let's just say you, Bryce. Um, let's just say, Bryce, that you you just broke up with your girlfriend. Okay. You are ticked because you she because I thought it was going places. You thought and you she were going to marry her, right? Okay. And you are you're in your house. Uh, you're four bowls deep into um, uh, Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. <laughs> To the point that the roof of your mouth is bleeding. Shredded. Shredded roof. And you, um, you're you ticked and you're watching infomercials and you're mad about it because those make people mad. So know. what you're saying is I'm up at like three in the morning. Yes. Because that's when, that's when there will be back-to-back infomercials. Right. And, okay. and, you're okay. like, and you're like P90X, whatever. I don't know, infomercials. And then all of the sudden... You hear like the song um, "A Spoonful of Sugar" from Mary Poppins. <laughs> oh, this song! Beautiful. Who sings that? Uh, the Fifth Dimension. The Fifth Dimension. Up, up, and away in my beautiful balloon. And this keeps this keeps going in your head. Like, You're saying that wouldn't bring you peace. You're brooding. That would absolutely bother me. What would you do? Um, I would find whatever it is that's playing it, and I would I would viciously destroy it. I would find the most gnarly, like I would probably find some barbed wire, wrap it around a bat, and hit the speaker with it. Whoa, that I would mean, be violent. What know, if just what take if care of it. what if what's playing it is just a little thought bubble right above your head, and oh, it's in your head? Then we're in trouble. Yeah, and we are in trouble. I think the fifth dimension has caused more people to get in a bad mood. Yeah. Than a good mood. Yeah, play that one more time because it just. See, and if we're talking about uh, negative things, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was like one of those like, like, what was it? The Monty Python where the guy like shows up to the wedding and kills everyone, but there's kind of happy music going on the whole time, <laughs> and you're kind of like, he just he just killed everyone yeah. at that wedding. 
See, you don't want to get out of your brood. You're no. brooding. You want to you want to you want to soak your brood. You want to ride that wave yeah. all the way. Yeah. yeah. I think this I I think the study just goes to show that humans just love to indulge themselves and their emotions. Like yeah. there's no reason to be happy if you're enjoying yourself well, ha- while being sad. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. But see that's the unhealthy part, right? So yes. that's what we gotta figure out because then all of a sudden you're just you're just being unhealthy to be unhealthy. Yeah, suddenly you're releasing far too many stress hormones into your body and see brooding. Slowly deteriorating. Who now again, we don't use the words. So some other words, moping. Moping, sulking. Sulking. Uh, stewing. Yeah. And more morbidly meditating. Morbid meditation. Sounds like a lot of Skyboy's post-date wrap-ups. Know what I mean? Yeah. He's not here to talk about it, but... Well, every time he reports about a date, we're just like, oh, that's a real it's downer. That's morbid. Well, you can tell how well the date went depending on... You hear his car pull up and you kind of kind of hear this in the background here. You know. <laughs> like, oh, he, he didn't have a good time. Poor guy. You know what's great about not having Sky here is we can say whatever we want about him. And he can't brood. But he is our brooder. Since I'm filling in for him, I have a story. Well, kind of two weeks ago or two months ago, this happened. Can't even remember when. I don't even remember. I just try to, you know, block it out. You were brooding. But I totally did the music thing. Did you? It was Eminem. If you've heard Eminem. Yeah. He's very, like, violent with his lyrics sometimes. But it felt good. Did you you just break up with someone? Was it about a relationship? Yeah, it was. So then you turned to Eminem. Just cranking it up. And I listened to the edited version, but man, in that moment, I was unediting it in my self. Because I was mad. You were living (laughs) it. I was living it. You were channeling it. And I look back on that and I was. How long did you stay in that state? Like a couple days. Okay. Maybe a week. How'd that work for you? I I didn't feel very good. Like I felt. I mean, it's normal. You don't feel good, but you feel kind of good. Except, like it's like a dark good. It's a dark good. It's kind of yeah. It's a dark. But it's not like happy. But you feel like it's like when you eat a you, thing of Hagen Dazs, like a whole mm. pint of Hagen Dazs. You feel good, but it's, it's like, like a bad good. Some <laughs> needs being met, but it's not the need that's probably yeah needs to be met at the right. time. Yeah, and you don't want to tell anybody about it. Yeah, you don't want to be you're wrong. You want to mope. Moping is good. Well, you know what? This Then, Aaron, we've got the guy for you. We've got oh, a pro yeah. coming on. Uh, Dr. Guy Winch is his name. Licensed psychologist. He's a speaker. He's the author of a book, Emotional First Aid, Practical Strategies for Treating Failure, Rejection, Guilt, and Other Everyday Psychological Injuries. That's huge. Get in line. Who doesn't have that, right? We uh, we want to give you a tool then to not brood and, and maybe give you some ideas, some skills, some um, some tools to get out of that. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back, get right into Dr. Guy Winch and uh, see if we can't debrood the brooder. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. If you've ever been blindsided by weather-related flight delays, you'll appreciate how NASA and the FAA see a new high-tech solution. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. During bad weather, when pilots can't see other aircraft on the runway, they rely on air traffic controllers to guide them. This greatly reduces the number of arrivals and departures and leads to delays that can ripple through to other airports around the country. NASA, in a joint effort with the FAA and other authorities, are working on a new air transportation system called NextGen. 
One of the goals is to eliminate those flight delays and cancellations due to poor visibility by using new innovations such as synthetic vision, infrared cameras, and head-worn display technologies. NASA's Langley Research Center is researching augmented reality glasses that would let pilots fly like it was always a sunny day. The glasses would also allow them to avoid obstacles while rolling to the gate to get passengers on their way, even in heavy rain and fog. The technology uses GPS positioning, head tracking, onboard computer databases of airports, and infrared cameras to display that sunny day to the pilot on their sunglasses-type display. The hope is this technology will make aviation operations more efficient and safer than ever. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Whether it's the big picture or the minute details, Marcus Smith loves to discuss anything and everything about the world around us. We're always talking about the big picture. The big picture is good to see. But I suspect that where we are lacking is in our capacity and our appetite to think about the smallest things. Start your day off with Marcus Smith on The Morning Show, weekdays at 7 a.m. Eastern, only on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We today are talking about the mopers. That's not a word. The mopey people, the brooders, the stewing. See, there's not a lot of good descriptors. These are, we need a word. We, I'm going to make up a word by the end of the show. Sad. Yeah, no, that's too easy. It's got to be more descriptive. I still am stuck on morbid, morbidly meditating, morbid meditation. We're talking about when something happens to you in life and you get this fixation on kind of the negative and you become really like consistently, ineffectively stuck in that negative feeling, those negative emotions, those negative thoughts. Brooding is what uh, is what some people call it. Again, uh, moping, stewing in it, and we've got an expert to help us kind of figure out how to move on. Some of the impact of of uh, this negative thinking and what it does to us. Doctor Guy Winch is joining us. Doctor Winch is a licensed psychologist and speaker. He's the author of the book Emotional First Aid: Practical Strategies for Treating Failure, Rejection, Guilt, and Other Everyday Psychological Injuries. Which is interesting. I mean, that seems like my life right there. And so every one of us, he's got another book, by the way, coming out, uh, I think coming out soon, called The Squeaky Wheel, Complaining the Right Way to Get Results. Um, or is it already out? It's already out. But uh, the neat thing about Dr. Winch is he, he knows what he's talking about in the simple fact that he's practicing it, right? So he is... Um, he's received his doctorate in clinical psychology from NYU. He's also completed a postdoctoral fellowship in family and couples therapy at NYU Medical Center, and he has had his practice in Manhattan since 1992. He's a member of the American Psychological Association, and you can read all you need to ever read by going to GuyWinch.com, W-I-N-C-H.com, GuyWinch.com. Dr. Winch, thanks for joining the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you so much for having me. It really is, I think, such an important topic because we we get in this idea that um, pain is normal, right? And so when somebody has had a really hard experience, 
we just kind of chalk it up to yeah they're just they're just suffering but apparently we can go too far too long and too deep in our own suffering that's absolutely true and i think most people think that if they're thinking through something distressing that happened to them or an upsetting thought then they're doing the right thing no matter how many times they think it through no matter how often they talk about it that they must be doing something right because you know what what psychologists would possibly tell them that thinking something through or talking about their feelings is wrong in any way shape or form right. but in fact yes when you just brood and that, by the way when you come up with a new word, please <laughs> let me know. I, I, really... I, don't you think we need a new word, though? We need a word for I this day and age. Do. I think. I was thinking about dwellers, but that's not... Dwell. Right. No, yeah. Negative yeah. dwellers. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that, <laughs> that notwithstanding, yeah. um, uh, when, when we do that in a way that we just tend to repeat the same kind of thought, I mean, we, you know, we all know people who uh, three months after the breakup are still talking about that yeah. specific breakup conversation. Yeah. And people really get stuck. They're like hamsters in this emotional <laughs> wheel that just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. It goes round and round and round. And it turns out that is not an innocent thing. It's not even just a waste of time or a waste of energy. It's actually extremely, extremely harmful in ways that would maybe surprise us yeah. if we actually knew how harmful um, that kind of habit was. Well, let, let's get, by the way, maybe that's the term is hamster wheeling. We're mm. just, we're riding the hamster wheel. But um, what you're saying is, because we, we would just, just, yeah, well, you know, it's, yeah, he's just sad. Or, but you're saying this is more than just sad, and this is more than just, you know, um, a waste of time and energy. This is actually destructive. That's how you know it's brooding. Right is that we've crossed the line into another level of of unhe- lack of health. Yes, except that mostly when people have crossed that line, they're not aware of it. Right, they're not aware of the ways in which it's being harmful and the ways in which it's harming them. The way you know you cross the line is if you if you hear yourself telling another friend or the same friend the same story for the tenth time, mm. and you're just going over it to get their support. Yeah, then. That's the line, because there's no new information there. You're just repeating the same story. If you find yourself caught on, you know, when you're in the shower and when you're driving somewhere, or when you're, you're making dinner, just that same kind of annoying or upsetting thought or image or scene pops into your mind unbidden over and over again, yeah. then you've crossed the line. That's when it's not productive and it's really harmful. That is, uh, that's a great indicator, because... You, you already know the answer to the story, right? And you already know it didn't get anywhere in the other nine people. So now that you're telling it the 10th time, you're just, I guess, validating that the story matters even when it's not producing any results for you. That's a sign it's time to move on. Time to either, I guess, what do we end up, and we'll get into this, but do we, we just don't, I guess we just recognize it. I'm brooding. I got to get rid of my story. Right, and when when you're brooding, that, 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 thing appears in your mind multiple times a day. It's not just that you happen to meet with a friend and they say, oh, what's new? And you go, well, I guess I haven't seen you since the breakup. It's not that. Mm. It's that you really are stuck on it. It really is like like a needle in a groove. Um, You know, an analogy that's aging me because there are no (laughs) more needles in grooves. But um, like a CD that skips. I don't know. um, Nope, not even that. Keep going. (laughs) Not even that. But... uh, (laughs) 
but you know the and I, I want to say like what some of the problems are. Yeah. Why I, I keep saying it's harmful, but here's here's why it's harmful. What we know from the research is that when you keep thinking in that way, you actually get more upset or more angry with each time you tell the tale or with each time oh, really? you live it in your own mind. We used to have this theory, you know, the catharsis theory. Well, if you get it out, you'll feel better. You know, the yeah. punch the pillow theory. Uh, yeah, the punch the pillow theory doesn't work. It's incorrect. <laughs> and they've actually done studies literally with pillows where they had people think about something that, they was, up, that was upsetting them and punch the pillow thinking of the, the person who upset them. Right. And they had another group of people just think of the person without punching the pillow. And the people who punched the pillow came out feeling more angry and more aggressive and more likely to take out their aggression on strangers than the people who just thought about it without punching the pillow. Really? So, Yes. That's, so that's, it's so counterintuitive, isn't it? It's not counterintuitive as much as that's what we've been taught. We've yeah. been taught that punching the pillow is good. Yeah. No, it's not. And so the thing is that it actually makes us more upset and more angry and more distressed each time we go over it in our minds. And then what happens is it also makes it more likely to pop into our heads. The urge to think about it and to brood about it becomes much, much more compelling. And so we're literally, it's almost like an addiction that we're reinforcing by thinking about it over and over and over again. And then it does one other thing, which I think might surprise some people. It really damages your ideas your ability to problem solve and mm. to take action. Because you're because chemically charged? Is that why? No, because you're so used to stewing instead of doing. Yeah. You're so used to just talking about how frustrated you are or how upset you are or how angry you are as opposed to doing something about it that that's where your mind gets caught. And in one study, which was shocking, they, they looked at women who discovered a lump in their breast and they looked at how long it took them to make an appointment with their doctor. And they found that women with a tendency to brood waited on average two months longer no way time to make an appointment yeah. because they were probably just thinking about it and talking with all their friends about how upsetting and worrying it is that they found the lump instead of actually doing something about it it literally makes you less active on your problem it stalls you it makes you less proactive it makes you more passive it makes you feel more helpless it also makes you more likely to develop clinical depression because you're focusing so much, so much of your energy on all the negative stuff that's happening and all this frustration and all the victimization that in time when you're spending so much of your, you know, thinking time or stage time as it was is, uh, is devoted to that then you're literally setting yourself up to, to feel more clinically depressed it's also brooding is also associated with m higher risks of alcoholism because when you're getting yourself agitated like that so regularly yeah. and so much during the day you want to kind of take the edge off and you know we know where that ends yeah. and it's also associated with eating disorders because so many of us tend to manage our feelings with food wow. and so look at all these things that it does that we're not aware of while we're going and telling the tale and thinking about it and indulging the thought when it pops into our head. It's, uh, yeah, and we, we might minimize it by just saying, yeah, it's unhealthy. But when you think of it this way, it's, it's an unhealthy cycle that just perpetuates like more and more un lack of health or more and more um, chemistry, more and more negativity. It's, it's actually, it escalates your, your negativity versus dissipating it. 
completely escalates it. And here's the last thing it does, which is really also a shocker, at least it was for me when I, when I read about it at first, is that all that negativity, all the, the, the focus on the negative and the aggravating and the distressing, I mean, we know what that does, right? It releases right. stress hormones into the body. So people will actually have a tendency to brood. People who have this habit and who don't rid themselves of it are at significantly higher risk for developing cardiovascular disease because of all the stress hormones they're releasing into the body, mm. because of all their stresses they're putting onto their system. They're literally putting themselves at risk physically in their physical health as well as their psychological health. Whoa! Okay, we got to fix it. We are talking with Dr. Guy Winch about brooding, about that kind of fixation on the negative things that happen um, in our lives, not moving on from it. We're going to take a break, but we would love to have your calls. If you have a question for Dr. Guy Winch about brooding, about how to overcome this, we're going to be getting into it. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We'll get you right on the line with Dr. Guy Winch and see if we can't give you some tools or answers to your specific questions. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Take a lesson on parenting from world-traveling family coaches Richard and Linda Iyer. The key, I think, is finding the balance between avoiding that overprotectiveness but never, never being, I guess, what we could call an ostrich parent where you got your head in the sand. Iyer's on the Road airs weekdays at 6.30 Eastern, only here on BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Intense violence on the streets of Cairo broke out today when armed security forces and bulldozers moved to clear makeshift camps set up by supporters of deposed former Egyptian President Mohamed Morsi. The resulting clashes left at least 235 people dead and over 2,000 more injured. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry is calling the violence deplorable and army-backed rulers have declared a one-month state of emergency. The nation's interim vice president has opted to resign his post, saying they're could have been a peaceful solution to the situation. A UPS cargo plane crashed today while approaching an airport in Alabama, killing both the pilot and co-pilot. Several explosions rocked the wreckage after the crash. National Transportation Safety Board officials are on scene to try and determine what caused the crash. Private Bradley Manning told the sentencing panel of his court-martial he's sorry for hurting people and harming the United States. Manning has been convicted of leaking classified information on WikiLeaks and could face up to 90 years in prison. Disgraced former Illinois Representative Jesse Jackson Jr. is going to serve two and a half years in prison for misusing campaign funds. His wife will serve one year for tax fraud. Jackson gave a public apology today, saying he misled the American people. Pentagon officials are revealing new plans to extend benefits to same-sex spouses of uniformed military personnel and civilian employees. The decision comes in response to June's Supreme Court ruling requiring the federal government to recognize same-sex marriages from states where the practice is legal. New economic data released today shows the eurozone is finally out of recession. Both France and Germany had better than expected growth, as did Portugal, after previously needing a bailout. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about, you know, what a lot of people would say is a fairly regular occurrence. You know, you have something bad happen to you. All of a sudden, you just can't stop thinking about it. Maybe it was a car accident where that stupid guy pulled in front of you and, uh, you know, caused a lot of damage, a lot of junk in your life. And all of a sudden, you just think about it and you can't stop thinking about it. The word is called brooding. Brooding is that negative pattern of uh, of stewing, moping around something or the idea and just keep bringing up those negative feelings and everything. Um, and so we're trying to figure out how to handle that. We've asked a wonderful guest to join us today. Dr. Guy Winch is a licensed psychologist. He's a speaker. He's the author of the book, Emotional First Aid, Practical Strategies for Treating Failure, Rejection, Guilt, and Other Everyday Psychological Injuries. And uh, it's a great book. You, you really need to go look at his website, guywinch.com, W-I-N-C-H, is um, – is how you spell his last name. He's also, you know, been practicing uh, as a clinical psychologist in New York since Manhattan since 1992. So he's got it going. And we we talked before the break about it's negative, it's unhealthy, it's not just you know bad because you're wasting time. It's bad because you're probably becoming addictive to a thinking pattern and a chemical reaction that eventually will kill you. <laughs> Could, could, it increases heart disease and a bunch of other issues. So, Dr. Guy Winch, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. You bet. Now, let's let's kind of get into it. So, um, do we? These things are natural, right? So, we're all going to have bad stuff that happens to us. Um, what what do we need to do to just between just turning it into a brooding experience where we kind of dig ourselves into a hole versus you know dealing with it productively? What is the difference? Well, the difference is that when we're dealing with something productively, we're expressing our feelings with a few goals in mind. And by expressing our feelings, I mean we're talking about it with friends, or we're thinking it through in our own heads, or we're journaling about it. But we're doing that with a few goals in mind. First of all, if we're talking with friends, the idea is to get emotional validation. We want the other person to look at us and go, wow, I really get that. And for our feelings to be really validated mm-hmm. and to get that person's support and their understanding. That's, that's one of the main goals we have in terms of sharing it. You know, if, if we go on for half an hour about how upset we are about something and the other person looks at us and goes, oh, bummer. <laughs> Grow then, up. You know, yeah. that's not going to be very satisfying for us. Right. So we're hoping our friends are much, much more, you know, uh, you know supportive and empathetic. But the idea about thinking it through is that we really want to try and understand what happens to reach uh, new insights, to get a fresh perspective on it. For example, if you know, one of our friends just like yelled at us um, at a, at a, at a uh, meeting, at a party, or at a you know, gathering of sorts, and, and we're not sure why they kind of lost their temper with us, yeah. we'll, we'll mull it through. I mean, we might want to give them a piece of our mind later on, but we'll mull it through, and when we mull it through, and when we really think about it, we can think about, well, what happened before and what happened after, and, ooh, you know, they were probably upset because I just remembering, I said I would meet them before the meeting, and then I didn't, so they, I kind of stood them up, and that's why they were probably angry. And once we understand what happened... Once we see things from a different perspective, it eases that internal distress yeah. that we have. And then we also know it also dictates a certain course of action. So let me go say to that friend, you know, I am totally forgot about meeting you beforehand. So A, I'm very sorry, and B, 
please don't yell at me like that in the future, <laughs> you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it gives us a course of action. And the minute yeah. we figure something out and we get an insight and we know how we're going to handle it or what we're going to do, do differently in the future, that automatically it eases the internal tension. It eases how upset or not upset we feel about the incident, and it allows us to move on. So self-reflection, thinking things through, in essence, is a good thing. I would by no means want to suggest we shouldn't think about our problems. We should. But with the goal of figuring it out, learning what we can learn from it, knowing what we're going to do differently, and figuring out what kind of action we need to take um, in the present or in the future. So the, the, the biggest difference is um, productive kind of reflection would produce outcomes that you'd be seeing versus brooding wouldn't produce like positive, like positive outcomes. Productive uh, reflection would be learning. You'd actually be learning more, figuring out what happened. You'd be understanding the situation better. You'd probably have some plan of change versus exactly. brooding, which is just deepening the whole. Yes, exactly, because, you know, if you do it productively, then you emerge from it with takeaways, with actual lessons learned, things to do, etc. Yeah. And so then it's less compelling to go and think about that again, because you've kind of figured out what you need to figure out from right. it. Maybe you'll think about it a couple more times if you'll fit, well, maybe let me see if I'll say that to my friend or this to my friend, but it's much less compelling because you've kind of wringed from it what you, what, what you could. But with brooding... You just go over it over and over again. You're not leaving with any kind of takeaways. It's not pointing you in a new direction. You're not getting any new insights. You're just replaying and replaying. I can't believe how they yelled yeah. at me. And I can't believe that they did that in front of other people. Could you believe the nerve? <laughs> it's just the same thing. There's no takeaways from it. And that's how you know it's brooding. You're not learning anything. There are no new insights. There's no new realizations. There's no new courses of actions to be taken. It's just a repeat. Wow. And um, I mean, that, that's that's no growth, no learning. I mean, if we're not learning, we're not growing. We're just we're stagnant and we just are treading water until we get exhausted and I guess drown. Well, I mean, yes, because that's what we're saying about brooding is that it's not just treading water. It's actually setting you back. So the yeah. drowning is apt. You're tiring out. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I mean, it, you wouldn't think you wouldn't think you, everyone else is just going to say, oh, you know, it's just normal. It's normal for you to be mad. It, it took me two years to get over my ex. But I guess you're saying no, 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 no. Take a proactive stance and start trying to figure out a more productive, reflective method, meaning looking in at yourself, being self-aware and, and learning, gaining insight, gaining understanding. Completely. Now, look, it can take you a while to get over an ex, yeah. but as long as you're not spending that time just replaying the scenes over and over again, mm -hmm. then, then that's fine. In other words, it could be that it'll take you a while to trust again, or it'll take you a while to feel safe enough and comfortable enough to, to you know, risk being hurt or to risk rejection or to put yourself out there emotionally. Yes, those things might take time. But in fact, when it takes somebody, when somebody's been with somebody for, for a year and it takes them two years to get over the one-year relationship, it's probably because there's brooding going on. Mm -hmm. And I call, you know, in, in my books, I give these medical analogies to, to the things that I speak about. And in the chapter about brooding, I call it, um, you know, uh, uh, scratching uh, these emotional scabs, picking at emotional scabs. Yeah. Because when we have a scab and we keep picking at it, it's not going to heal. <laughs> it actually might get infected. We, would, we, don't, we tend to not do that with scabs. We know to let them alone. And, and brooding, these kinds of things are emotional scabs. Don't pick at them. 
Leave them alone. And if you pick, they won't heal. And it'll take you twice as long, twice as long to get over the relationship as the one as the amount of time you were actually in it. Right. It, well, because you keep you make it worse with every pick. It's it's like um, I, I guess it, it. There's an assumption here that I hear people say a lot to me in my practice that. Well, they justify it with the story like, yeah, but it wasn't fair. I mean, what he said was wrong. And they argue the story and the justification instead of the fact that instead of healing. Right. And and I always say to people when they say that to me, yeah, but it wasn't fair or yeah, but they did this. I'll say yes. And that was really true the first time you told that story (laughs) and the first time you thought about it. And maybe it was true the second time you thought about it. But this is the 20th or this is the 30th. And so that's being stuck. You know, and, and look, I, 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 in part I wrote my book because there's this way in which when we have these kinds of psychological injuries, and this kind of brooding is one of them, we don't treat them like we do physical injuries. And in that analogy, we can see it. When we have scabs, if you actually even saw somebody you knew picking at a scab, you would say to them, oh, don't, don't pick at that. Don't yeah. do that. Because we know it's a bad thing. Bad. It's very obvious yeah. to us to take care of our bodies in such a way and to preserve them and not harm them on purpose. Yet when it comes to our minds and to our psychology, we don't have that at all. We don't have the awareness. It's right. not obvious to us at all. We'll see somebody talking about the same thing over and over again, and we won't say to them, you know, that's probably an emotional injury, like an emotional scab that you should let heal rather than just keep reactivating it by talking about it. We don't say that, and we should. And by the way, it might not be received that well, and you might have to explain to the person, let me, say what, let, let me tell you why I'm saying that, because it's actually really damaging. You're just getting yourself more upset. There's nothing that's coming from it. And so, but, but we need to think about those things, those psychological injuries, in the same way we do the physical ones, and actually let them heal and take steps to make them heal. Yeah. It, uh, I, I, we did that yesterday with a client, and she's like, oh, so you're saying it's my fault. And I'm saying, no. First time, no. But every other subsequent time that you're stuck in that thought pattern, yeah. Yeah. But people don't want to hear that, do they? Um, No, but I always say it. But look, I say it like you. I educate people. I say, no, I'm not saying it's your fault, but I'm saying that you fall into a habit that I'm now letting you know is actually bad for you. So the fact that the habit developed is not your fault. But now you know, now it is up to you to do something about that habit. That really is kind of the uh, the thinking trap, and that's I, I guess the the amazing thing about a human is we can so profoundly put us in a situation like this that is harmful to us, and yet we don't see the harm, and simultaneously we have the ability to get out of it too, which is which is you know to me a, a, a huge thing. What what what's what's another example or another tool we should use? To, to kind of maybe create a little bit more productive response to the pains of our life. You mean in terms of brooding? Yeah. Or what else we well, do to combat it? Well, one of the things I think we need to do, in other words, I'm saying this is a really bad habit. We need to stop it. But how do you stop a habit? And to me, it's a little bit like smoking. You know, you can decide you're, you're going to stop smoking, but you have to be aware you're going to have cravings. Mm-hmm. And you're going, and the task is resist the cravings. The more you can resist them, the less urgent they'll be, the less frequent they'll appear, the less powerful they'll be. But they're going to be powerful and urgent at the beginning. So how do you resist that craving to brood? How do you resist that urge to really go over that story again because you're just (laughs) thinking about it and it's getting you aggravated? 
Well, here's the thing. We can't just tell ourselves not to think about something. That's notorious in psychology. The minute you tell somebody, don't think about this, this is all they'll think about. It's obvious, right? I mean, it's, it's just how it would, we have studies with it. You know, there were yeah. famous studies with a white bear. I don't know why they did that in, in Texas. The white bear is what they came up with. But they said to people, don't think about a white bear for five minutes. And if you do ring this bell, well, it was <laughs> like the, the, the church bells were going off. I mean, because the minute they told people not think about them, that's all they could think about. So right. it's not about don't think. It's about think of something else. Distract yourself. And the thing to distract yourself, it actually has to be something that needs concentration because you, you can't just distract yourself with something, oh, I'll stare at the wall. It's not enough stimulation. It has to be something that requires your concentration. And even a two or three minute distraction will be enough to kind of cut that craving um, and, and, and that craving, the urge to ruminate will pass. But you need that discipline to really catch it the minute you start right. thinking about it and then, okay, distraction right now. Don't indulge. Not going there. Need to distract myself right now. And you have to be very diligent. And it'll, it'll pass quickly. And, with, and, you know, in a few days, the urge will, will lessen, and you'll think about it less, and you'll be able to move on. But you have to be diligent about, you know, breaking a habit. Like, any times you want to break a habit, you have to be very diligent about it at the beginning. Well, and I like the idea. You, you, want, you, have, to have, a, you have to disrupt it with an activity that actually demands brain power. Versus Absolutely. just because you can oh, I'm, okay, go watch TV, but that doesn't necessarily demand brain power. I mean, I know in, in some situations you've even talked about playing brain games, pulling out a game on your phone, Sudoku or something and yes. and, and use that to to fill that three minute gap with a new option. Right, but choose wisely. I mean, one person, one person, you know, his the the, the content of, of of his brooding was like really making him angry. And when I said, "Well, what are you doing as a distraction?" He goes, "Well, Angry Birds." And I'm like, "I'm not <laughs> sure Angry Birds yeah. is the best choice." Yeah, maybe but, not. Um, <laughs> and don't maybe go hit a punching bag. And don't. But I mean, you're yeah, saying use your brain. Work. Yeah, that doesn't work. Engage your head. Engage your right. brain. Engage your right. mind. Um, Words with friends, that kind of thing. Yeah. Work. Well, and don't just call another friend. Who will listen to the story because they haven't heard the story ten times? Just no. Engage a different way. We're going to take a break. I want to come back um, and get more of, of some of the tools to combat brooding. I also want to. Uh, I know you've done some research about prayer, yes, and brooding, and I'm dying to hear about that. So, um, okay, very good. We're going to take a break. We're talking to Dr. Guy Winch about brooding. We'd love to get your calls. One eight five five chat BYU. What questions do you have? For Dr. Winch about how to break a habit, how to move on from the negative feelings, how to re-script your thinking a little bit. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Give us a call. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Right here on BYU Radio. Evolving spacesuit designs look nothing like what you're used to, but they might keep you healthier in space as well as on Earth. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Humans just weren't designed for microgravity. Every month in zero-G, your muscles get weaker, your bones lose strength, your body loses more coordination. The greatest challenge to astronauts of a two-year manned Mars mission may be avoiding a crippling fall when making that first small step onto a new world. Exercising every day can slow the loss. New space clothing might help. MIT and the Draper Laboratory's prototype biosuits look more like divers' wetsuits than bulky spacesuits of today. Their skin-tight design is more flexible and less tiring to wear. 
and they have a side effect of keeping arms and legs in tension at all times, giving the body a continuous workout. A Draper prototype includes small, powerful gyroscopes on the limbs and joints designed to offer strong resistance to movement. That strain continually retrains nerves and muscles while in weightlessness. Researchers think the same suit technology could help patients on Earth with various musculoskeletal problems during rehabilitation. The research is part of NASA's Innovative Advanced Concepts Program, or NIAC, which promotes breakthrough concepts for improved space travel. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about brooding, the uh, negative fixation on this this negative thought pattern, the storytelling about it. You know, the people that are just stuck in that negative hole. And uh, we're talking to Dr. Guy Winch, who is a licensed psychologist and speaker from Manhattan. He's been practicing um, as a clinical psychologist since 1992. He's also the author of the book Emotional First Aid, Practical Strategies for Treating Failure, Rejection, Guilt, and Other Everyday Psychological Injuries. He also has a few other books, The Squeaky Wheel, Complaining the Right Way to Get Results and Improve Relationships and Enhance Self-Esteem. You can get all those books, plus he's on blogs, he's done a ton of writing. Just go to his website, GuyWinch.com, GuyWinch, W-I-N-C-H.com. And uh, welcome back, Dr. Winch. Thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, what we've been working on and talking about um, is uh, th- this brooding, the, the impact it has, the need we have to kind of take it on, not just to just to just call it bad and just a waste of time, but actually address it. Um, we have a caller that called in, and she wants to ask us a question, actually ask you a question. Her name is Kelly. And um, so, Kelly, are you on the phone with us? Yes. Kelly, thanks for joining us. Okay. Now you have a question for Dr. Winch about um, your daughter. Okay. Or, yeah. Well, specifically, specifically, first of all, I just was on Facebook and I happened to see that you're on KBYU Radio. Yeah, BYU I Radio. Love yep. Your post on, so that's how I found out about oh, good. the show this hour. Good. And um, so just to plug that. That's great. I read your Facebook Go to page. Facebook. I love what you post. That's great. I appreciate <laughs> it because really, it's it's hard to get. Uh, you know, people listening, and and then luckily we have an expert that can help you with your your little family issue here. Yeah, it's, I have a daughter who is eighteen. We're just sending her off to college, and we just decided two weeks ago that we had the financial means. But she's she's been diagnosed with bipolar and trichotillomania and eating disorders, and I mean, it's been good. We had to hospitalize her when she was thirteen, mm. and I just happened to you know click onto this program. I'm like. This is something that you could listen to, and me too. And she walked away. Yeah. And so, did she go away and brood? Uh huh. <laughs> well, well, let's see. <laughs> she does a lot of that. Yeah. Um, she threatens suicide. Mm. She's um, and so it's been really hard for us as parents to really let her go. I mean, it's it. She just has a very low tolerance for a lot of things. But we've spent thousands of dollars and time and energy on therapies. And, um, but what I, I guess my question was, is what, what do you do when you have these genetic disorders? And I, I totally get the addiction and the predisposition because I do the exact same thing. 
And there's times when I myself can function really well and I don't get into this brooding cycle. But then there's other times when I, I really do. And I wonder, you know, the chicken before the egg or the egg, you know. Yeah. That, but what, what, do you, what suggestions do you do have for people who, one is, maybe I'm seeking validation is, but I think people who have ADHD, bipolar, are we the only people who deal with this? And, you know, yeah. or, is, or do normal people actually brood? I mean, do normal people without those diagnoses still have these issues? Great question. Dr. Winch, what do you think? First of all, yes, I think everyone can fall into this kind of brooding uh, cycle, literally anyone. I, I, I don't think it, uh, it, it ha- you have to have any kind of uh, diagnosis to be able to do that. I think it can really afflict anyone. Um, but I think in general, for you, for your daughter, and really for most people, for me, what, uh, what's most important is awareness. Because when it comes to our psychology, when it comes to our mental health, when it comes to our uh, you know, emotional hygiene, as it were, it's really about information. We don't know what things are harmful to us. We don't know what habits we should be developing and what habits we should not be developing. And part of why I wrote this book is for people to understand that daily things that that occur to them, like rejection and failure and loneliness and, yes, brooding and guilt, uh, uh, can leave injuries, but there's something that you can do about it. So here are tools you can use to dress those wounds and to make sure they don't become infected. And I would love for the dialogue in general to be, I mean, look, we, we, we brush and we floss every day and yeah. we teach young children to do it. But what's the psychological equivalent of that? What are we teaching kids in terms of monitoring their emotional health? Right. And what practices are we teaching them that they can actually adopt on a daily basis? Well, none. And so I think we're lagging so, so far behind that if we had a way to talk about, well, here are some tools for you to use. And here are things you can do when you encounter these daily experiences in life and use them and things will feel better. It'll, you'll soothe some of the pains and you'll, you'll prevent some of the things from, from uh, you know, getting worse. Then that would be a wonderful thing. And that's part of my motivation for writing the book, to start that kind of dialogue and for people to become aware and start practicing those kinds of things because we can really do so much more for our emotional health than we're actually doing because kind of we're doing nothing at right. the moment. It seems like, too, with people like Kelly and her daughter, who have already been in intensive training and have already been exploring this for years, they actually, interestingly, are doing more to create awareness and and do the hygiene work emotionally um, than probably the everyday human. And so everyday humans need to learn it. Is there anything that Kelly, with a daughter who already has ADHD and depression and a little bit of bipolar and all of these other things. Is there anything else she she should do? I mean, A, I guess we validate, Kelly, that you're doing probably all you can do. And is there just anything else she should be focusing on with her daughter that might help as a second person to come in and, and, and maybe influence the brooding to be healthier? Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's tough because when you say to your daughter, oh, this might be interesting or this might be useful, she she walks away. So, you know, people can only take on and, and can only help themselves when they're willing to do it. And usually at that age when they're initiating it themselves. Because, you know, she's been to a lot of therapies, your daughter, and, and she might feel like I don't want somebody, you know, I don't want 
to keep hearing what I should be doing or shouldn't be doing. I want to figure that out for yeah. myself. But when you have bipolar in general, it's the same principle. You have to become educated. You have to be able to catch yourself when you're slipping upwards or downwards to be able to keep, you know, in, in, in an even keel. And, and I think in general, you know, you say they've been through therapy, so they know some of this stuff. But in fact, most therapists, and I, I was guilty of this myself, we don't talk about these small things. Mm. We don't talk about brooding and, ooh, this is a bad yeah. thing. We don't talk about, oh, you got rejected. Here's what you can do to make feel better about that. We talk about the big picture. Right. But I think it's these small picture items, these, these, these small daily things that we need to monitor much more closely because they're the ones that end up adding up. Yeah. And so I, I do think there's something that everyone can do in terms of just being aware that these small kinds of emotional injuries that occur to us on a daily basis really do have an impact, and there are things we can actually do. And again, science-based, proven things we can do um, to, to help when they, when they happen. Beautiful. Appreciate Kelly and that call. I mean, it's so personal, but we do uh, also appreciate you listening, Kelly, and watching us on Facebook because, you know, the calls make a big difference on the show. Uh, Guy, we have about one minute is all, but I, I for sure have to have you come back to talk about this prayer um, issue. T- talk, just give us a one-minute synopsis of what you found about, like, prayer impacting brooding. Well, the studies, they weren't studies that I personally did, but part of the research that I, you know, I was exploring when I wrote the book was that they found that when people were really angry about something, you know, often we brood about things that make us really, really angry, that praying for the person who who, who made you angry, praying for them, not praying that they get hit by yeah. a truck. Take them away. Praying benevolently <laughs> yeah. for them. You know, seeing them as needing spiritual guidance and praying that they find spiritual guidance. That really helped reduce people's anger. Really? And so when we actually pray for the person who angered us, which might seem very counterintuitive because we right. might be inclined, but that can actually really help rid us of our anger. It's a way of, of, of changing our perspective on it, seeing them as somebody who's troubled and who needs uh, help, seeing ourselves as somebody who can at least pray for that to happen. And that had a wonderful influence. So that's definitely something people can try when the brooding is about something that's very angry yeah. to them. What well, also is powerful because it's an action. So you're moving from exactly. a thought to an act. Let's start. That's something I can do is at least offer a prayer. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk that praying for your enemies would have been so helpful? Wow. Yes, and, and, and it is, and it, and it is very effective. That's great. Uh, doctor, appreciate you so much. Again, everybody needs to go check out his website, Guy Winch, G-U-Y-W-I-N-C-H dot com. Tons of information there. Just go learn. Let's start. Uh, let's give up the need to brood if we can, and at least make it healthier on our road back to uh, a happier, healthier life. Dr. Winch, thank you. I know you got to get off the phone and go to work. So appreciate your time and your service. We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Are you listening to one of our talk shows? Do you have something you want to say? Then call in and talk with our hosts. The number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. Where can they find it? They can find it on Twitter at BYU Radio. Scroll through there, you can find it. I love it. Looking for more BYU Radio? Then follow us on Twitter for behind-the-scenes looks into our studio. Updates on our shows, exciting announcements, and constant discussion of Cougar sports. Plus, you can connect with our show hosts and guests. Just follow BYU Radio on Twitter and join the conversation. Talk about good. 
KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Private Bradley Manning told the sentencing panel of his court-martial he is sorry for hurting people and harming the United States. Manning has been convicted of leaking classified information on WikiLeaks and could face up to 90 years in prison. Disgraced former Illinois Representative Jesse Jackson Jr. is going to serve two and a half years in prison for misusing campaign funds. His wife will serve one year for tax fraud. Jackson gave a public apology today saying he misled the American people. A UPS cargo plane crashed today while approaching an airport in Alabama, killing both the pilot and co-pilot. Several explosions rocked the wreckage after the crash. NTSB officials say the flight's data recorder has still not been recovered. Pentagon officials are revealing new plans to extend benefits to same-sex spouses of uniformed military personnel and civilian employees. The decision comes in response to June's Supreme Court ruling requiring the federal government to recognize same-sex marriages from states where the practice is legal. In world news, tensions in Egypt between new military-appointed government and supporters of deposed former President Mohamed Morsi led to severe and bloody clashes today. At least 235 people died as security forces tried to clear Morsi supporters from the streets. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry is calling the violence deplorable. Just hours before Israeli officials met with Palestinian leaders to reboot peace talks, two rockets were fired into Palestinian-occupied Gaza Strip. Israel says the rockets were aimed at Hamas militants who had launched rockets earlier. No casualties were reported on either side. The eurozone is finally out of recession, according to new economic data released today. Both France and Germany grew at greater than expected paces, as did Portugal, which previously needed a bailout. However, Spain is still struggling with falling overall output. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here. We are talking today about brooding. Are you a brooder? Not a German brother. Are you one who just mopes and stews, ruminates on an idea and just doesn't let it go? You know, it's apparently, according to our expert, not so healthy, and which is sad, Bryce Tobin, because you are the master ruminator. That's pretty much all I do. You're like the brooder king. But you don't brood. You don't brood. You actually act and get rid of it by putting it into a rant. Well. Ish. Dead air. As a Matt Townsend Show team, we got to talking and we realized the source material for most of my rants is things and experiences from my past that have bothered me. Which is nice to think about because it means my surliness is trained, not pre-programmed. But in other ways, I'm just brooding over old stuff and not really moving on. So I decided to go through the archive and see if I've dealt with any of the issues that I've brought up in the past. Such as how difficult and permanent first impressions can be. 
Really what I was doing was brooding over my past failed first impression moments. For the most part, I'm pretty good at first impressions at this point in my life, but that doesn't mean I don't cringe when I think about what I've done in the past. Also, looking back, I realized we ended up doing a lot of shows loosely focused on the 2012 presidential election. But don't worry, there's no brooding there. I still have no great love for the politicians playing their Games of Thrones. There are a few I've done talking about fitness, especially fitness around the holidays. But you know what? I share the guilt that many other people have because we eat pretty well and work out somewhat regularly. But once a holiday rolls around and we get out of our schedule, then we just eat and eat and eat. This one's definitely got some brooding. I've had three major holiday breaks since making these, and each time it was the same sedentary binge fest that I'm always ashamed of. Now, as I move on down my list of things I've made, I found a little more brooding among all my parental rants, especially the ones about kids. And this is a bit unique because it's the best example of a situation that I couldn't really influence. Because those kids are never my own kids. They're someone else's responsibility. Yet I bring these things up in my head again and again and I get re-frustrated by them every single time. Also, I found four bits all about procrastination. I am the ultimate hypocrite on this. My philosophy seems to be that if it's worth doing, it is most certainly worth procrastinating. So, no brooding here. If anything, I'll probably just brood about it later when the procrastination catches up with me. Because it always does. Peppered among my archive of pre-recorded bits, there's a lot about perception. I brood on this a lot. People selectively romanticize everything that goes on around them. We make up ideas like fate, when really it's just a product of what happens when millions of random things occur. Eventually, some of them are going to collide and you're going to see someone you graduated from high school with at Subway. But when we get injured in a car accident, oh, things just happen. Is it fate or isn't it? Because we can't have it both ways. The good news is, even though I've been brooding on how this frustrates me, I think I've come up with a solution. I now say to myself that perception is nine-tenths of reality. Maybe we have things all wrong, but it's how we're interpreting the data that comes our way, and our interpretation is our reality. So even if it's all wrong, who am I to break someone else's reality? As long as it isn't messing with my world, they can think the color orange is purple. It's fine by me. And then, because it's a relationship show, there's all these bits about relationships. Interesting thing I've noticed, among all of my personal failures that I cite, I'm not really doing any brooding when it comes to my relationships. This makes me wonder how regret plays into brooding, because I see each relationship as something to build on. While some of them were in fact very disappointing, each one is just one more step forward. It's like the discard pile versus the trash pile. The trash pile is filled with stuff you want to forget about. The discard pile is just a pile of things not to do in the future. It's useful. So in the very least, I would like to point out that I don't just sit in a booth and complain. I do try to deal with things and move forward with my existence. Then again, I do dwell on things that I probably shouldn't. What can you do? What can you do? You, I, I have you down at about uh, 30% perma-brood, 70% brood change. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean – Those are good numbers. Could be zero, right? Well, no matter what you do, you always do a rant. That's going to happen. And then, but you, like you were saying, some of these rants haven't changed. You've done them four times. Yep. Some, some of them uh, are a little similar. What's the deal with your hatred toward kids? Um, hatred's probably a really, strong word, but your serious dislike and disgust. It's, um, well, that's probably strong too. Um, I just. You don't hate look, kids. Look, look. You don't even hate kids. You just hate everyone else's kids. I hate people who are, I shouldn't say hate people. I am bothered by people who are bad at having kids. How's that? So you hate parents? Um, yes. Well. Because usually subpar parents result in subpar kids. Hmm. But you're I not guess. brooding, are you? Well, I will every now and then. Is that so, going to stick someone's, with you? I was at something the other day and this one person had uh, 
brought their kid along when the kid probably didn't need to come along. So to a this. parent, a parent, yes. Um, and this kid was sitting in the car honking the horn. Ah, those kids. But we were outside of the car, all of like us and yeah, it was like six of us talking. So we we're like talking honk, talking honk, talking to honk. <laughs> and I just wanted to grab her and be like. I'm I'm going to reach in. I'm going to take the kid out of the car, and then it's my kid, and I can do whatever I want with that kid, See, unless you want to grab the kid and take care of it. That would have been, I guess, healthy because you would have gotten it out. But see, here I am a week later talking about yeah, it. You're still mad about it. I'm still mad about you're it. You're brooding, brooding, definitely. Bryce needs to start praying. <laughs> totally, Bryce. <laughs> he needed to start praying for Nate, that. Child if you would pray for that parents. child and his parent to actually survive his parenting, the parenting or the lack thereof of parenting of his of his of this child's parents. Pray for the parent. Pray for the child. Sure. It'll set you free. No, really. I'm, I'm proud of Bryce. It was cute. Like he got a bigger percentage than I thought he would. No, 30%. Yeah. I, I did it. And um, I, I, I kind of ran out because he was all over the place. Like he has certain rants. I didn't know you've done certain rants four times. Like you've done a procrastination rant like four times. Yeah, it was when I was going through my list. It was like procrastination, blank, procrastination, yeah. this, procrastination, Fitness. and this, and, and I was like, well, apparently yeah. procrastination is the thing that I have done a few times. I think what it is, is we've <laughs> got to give him better topics. He's just he, we, we keep giving him a theme. Maybe what we always go to are the themes that we know you'll rant on. There you go. That's kind of what we do. We try bit. to look for like, where's Bryce in a hole today? No, it's when we're in our planning meeting. We're like, let's get him as irritated <laughs> yeah. as possible. And all we have to do is sit and talk about an issue long enough and then finally he's like, I got it. Okay. So, so we're the non-productive friends mm-hmm. in the brooding cycle. We're actually the ones that initiate <laughs> the brooding thought that then gets and then, him brooding. And then you pay me for it. Yeah. So so we like to pay you for your dysfunction. Giving we you keep money you one psychological difference. You encourage, you pay, you give me incentives for it. This we're, is never going to end. We're like your dealer a little bit we need you addicted so that we can make money on you 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 are extorting mm-hmm. my future that's what you're doing you're you know what we call that we call it employment i think it's called <laughs> praying get it p-r-e-y P-R-E. that's a different see that's a different oh. praying. that's not the one she made. actually employment was yeah it's actually probably better yeah it's called employment and um so that's a big deal okay you also brought up regret and brooding Hello, darkness, my old friend. Hmm. I've come to talk with you again. Again. <sighs> Sad. Okay. Um, by the way, that song, <laughs> did that song not give you an immediate sense of feeling? Like, did you not just go to the dark place? Like, like absolutely. I just want to just... Like, you yeah. just, in oh, a no. rainstorm, it's just pouring rain on your wet body and you're kicking a can. It's like, it's like no, I like the rainstorm because you're in your house, the power just got knocked out so I can't watch TV, yeah. I can't play some video games <laughs> or anything. I like, I literal can't. darkness. <laughs> literal, literal darkness. Yeah. I'm just sitting there. I can look outside at the rain where nothing's going on. Yeah. Hello, darkness. My old friend. My old friend. It's, it's come to talk with you again. Again. Um, yeah, no, regret, I think... You know, if we're going to... Let's talk about your regrets, because I don't have any. Well, regrets, I've had a few, but then again, they're, they're few to mention. But, um, <laughs> but when, is if that a song? I, that is a song. Yeah. Um, but I did it my way. Uh, <laughs> when we're talking, like, all regrets. of this, this regrets, yeah. and, and uh, I, I just said, my, my thought was, if we're ruminating on something, you don't really brood on something if you don't regret it. That's true, huh? It's because you have to kind of have the negative. Because, like, I regret not screaming at that parent or at that child. No, but hold on. You don't regret not screaming. No, probably, I really kind of do. Really? A little bit. I think you would have regretted more screaming. If I had, I probably would have more regrets. <laughs> but even still, I regret not doing that. 
Or maybe you would have just regretted if you had just maybe you should have just said something. Hey, like, can you can you take your child's hand off? Hey, can you be a parent? I probably shouldn't say that. That's probably not the way to do it. Yeah, see, that sounded negative again. So you're saying, but it's the regrets because of our past that kind of get us stuck in the brooding. It's that negative juice that we get stuck in. Yes, I think that's where I think that's where brooding. It's like a juice box that's full of negative juice, and you just drink it up. Kids love juice boxes. They really do. But uh, maybe I think it's adults love negative juice boxes. That's our. That's where the switch happens. See that? Brooding. Hmm. Have uh, Merit? What's what? Do you brood? What's the last thing you brooded Brood. over? Hmm. I don't know. Can't think of something I've brooded about recently. Not even road rage. I know. I was thinking about how Doctor Winch said that we feel. The more we brood, the more powerless we feel. Oh, yeah. And so I think that also plays into regret because since we regret not taking action, we didn't take the action, so we feel more powerless. Yeah. And then, yeah, kind of this weird cycle. That's huge. Yeah, I think that's that's normal, but that's where we're normally messed up. I think I think I brood a lot about things. Uh, there's a great. It's a French term, but it, essentially it's translated as stairway stairwell wit. Say it. So I, I can't say it in French. I don't remember it. Okay. But what, what it is. Stairwell wit. <laughs> stairwell wit. It's when you think of like the great thing to say when you're in the stairwell. Afterwards. Actually, actually, <laughs> if I'm going to write my autobiography, it's going to be whatever that French phrase is. Yeah. It's okay? kind of awesome. You, so you miss so like, the point. You miss yeah. the chance. Like 10 seconds afterwards, I'm like, I know the perfect oh, thing to say one. to that person. So but they're like, gone. I mean, I hate to use this example, but if I'm talking to a cute guy and it's like he says something funny, I'm yeah. like, I should be saying something funny just back. Right now. But you right just now. Kind of nod. Right now. Yeah. And then like an hour later, I'm like, <laughs> oh, that would have been perfect. Like, I could be like a great wordsmith if but you gave me an hour before phone it I had in. to respond. Phone it in. <laughs> hey, call it back. Say, hey, do over. Do over. Hey, wait. Hey, wait. <laughs> hey, could you, could you tell that joke again? again. <laughs> and then do you sit there. <laughs> see, see I brewed. That's funny because I brewed the opposite way. So you brewed because of the delay. Yeah. And I brewed because there wasn't a delay. Because I actually said something. And then later I'm like, oh. Like that was absolutely that the wrong was thing. so dumb. Yeah, I'm lucky if I said something. Because I just, like, hey, and then we die. And then I just realized that that lady's husband just did die. <laughs> like, duh! Like, wrong choice of words. <laughs> Idiot! And then Damn. I just am brooding. Gosh, why don't I think? Like, and then you're sitting here like, why can't I be faster? Like, why, 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 faster? why do I think more dying like spouses is something worth talking about? When Isn't really, that that's not what you were doing. No, it's but not. That's, <laughs> hey, it's just a phrase. It's just I a meant phrase. no offense. <sighs> It's hard. Have I think you guys I, noticed. We just it's started hard. brooding. Just yeah, wanna... we all did collectively. Did you feel I that? feel like the mood has darkened <laughs> like, in here. Was I, it my comment about death? No, Probably. no. That's. I mean, I can laugh at that. No. We can. I, I can. I can cheer the mood back up. Oh, okay. oh boy, what you got? Yes. Beautiful. I'm feeling it. Are you feeling that? Um. Do you How like balloons? Could you take me up in mood. a balloon so I can just like jump out? And well, no, we just no. did. We just we just metaphorically, in your mind, just took you on a happy journey, without any drugs, without any alcohol. We just took you on to Happyville. Okay. Via it the seems five, awful. What are the name of that? What's the name of that band? Fifth Dimension. Fifth, Fifth Dimension. And every time I hear that song. I picture a balloon festival, and it's a crisp autumn day with bright blue skies and beautiful yeah. leaves that have turned colors. There's no way to listen to the fifth dimension and not picture. I mean, picture 
a stormy day with okay. earthquakes and Let's volcanoes. Test it. It just, it just it's it's morbidly funny. I love it. <laughs> I love that mental picture. So you like the morbid dichotomy? But I, yeah, that's more my sense of humor. So this was kind of it's a bad to me. Setup. It's it's this is what it is. Just get the visual. Okay, hit me. Uh, someone, male, female, wouldn't matter. Really long hair on the back of a white unicorn. Okay, I see it. The unicorn is in full gallop. Is, does are there rainbows projecting behind uh-huh. the? Yes. Okay, the unicorn. With, okay, with glitter. Glitter, good. Kind of like the cat tart. <laughs> the, the cat the tart. Nyan cat. Ne- what's it called? Nyan cat. Nyan cat, which is a, those that uh, those of you that have a life. <laughs> Nyan cat is a stupid cat on YouTube that is a cat. It's just a cat, and I guess does a song play, and then it just sits there and. It's a cartoon cat, and it just shoots rainbows. Rainbows. Anyway, it's really popular. Billions of people have watched it. So did you get my visual? Unicorn, um, hair flowing, but the hair's yeah, got to be flowing. but this is how it goes in my head, is that this is all happening, and then the unicorn trips, and that's when the music starts. Oh, see, so again, it's negative. So it's negative, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, I'm not feeling the happy music today. Yeah. Golly. You guys are downers. No, we're just dark. We're just, <laughs> we just we just all have dark humor. You gotta love a unicorn. Unicorns are cool, I guess. Yeah, you know they found one in North North Korea. <laughs> no, they found the unicorn the forest yeah. or den, whatever. Yeah. A lot of people don't think they're real, but we know they are because they found them. Because our North dear Korea. leader said so. <laughs> the dear leader of North Korea. Wow, interesting. Okay, so you guys, let's just agree. Okay, you're messed up. Okay, that's coming from a professional. <laughs> And honestly, maybe you ought not marry or anything because the last thing you want to do is be, you know, married to a brooder. You know, across the office, I found a great website um, and it's called uh, Island. Oh, what is it? Private Island, Private Islands Online, mm-hmm. where you can look up places to rent or purchase your own private islands. So cool. this is great. I well, don't have to get married. I've already started looking. I can get an island for 30000 or no. Yeah, 30000 bucks. Man. 54 acres. Beat that. It's in Nova Scotia. Hey, do you but... remember how we wanted to send you to Mars? Hey, you can send me to Nova Actually, Scotia. Actually, you wanted to go to Mars I... because but they were looking. But like, I guess I can't remember the number, but thousands, like 40,000, 50,000 people signed up to be the lone person sent to Mars. I'm a lot cooler than the rest of them, so I'm not worried. I'm going to bet they're all brooders. I'm just betting. But now we know how to get rid of it. Send them all to Mars. Send them to Mars. Yep. Send them to Mars. With that wonderful song, Up, Up, and Away. Wouldn't that be great? They're launching them to Mars, and that's the song. We're going to leave you. But we're going to leave you. I really want to play that song on the way out. Up, Up, and Away, if we can. I mean, because just feel it. We got our little, we got our song. But I want to hear. Oh, I, I can get you up, up, and away okay. right now. Okay, if let's you want. get it. And then get it hitting, and, and then we'll wrap up the segment. Come back. We're going to wrap up the show. Is it going any louder Beautiful. than that? <laughs> there we go. Oh, yeah. I found it. Okay. Will your next cell phone have x-ray vision? We'll look into it coming up. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. A little above the frequency of regular radio waves, but not as energetic as real X-rays, are terahertz waves. These are the same waves used in some current airport security screening booths. 
A team at the University of Texas at Dallas is miniaturizing the circuitry for terahertz devices, and they think they can eventually shrink it enough to build into a cell phone. Applications include using it as a medical diagnosis tool. While it has some properties similar to x-rays, it doesn't emit the same kind of radiation, so it might be used to detect tumors or fractured bones on site. Or it could be used as a high-tech stud finder as well. The range of the unit would only be a foot or so, which would let you use the sensor to image pipes and wires hidden in your walls, but not peek into your neighbor's apartment. But perhaps one of the first applications for the terahertz scan device would be its ability to distinguish forged documents or currency by analyzing the paper and ink. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. On Talkworthy, host Kim Power Stilson chats with experts about topics of interest. And it seems like everyone learns something new. Yeah, and I think that was interesting, too, because there are some, there were some courses in Scotland when I visited that did not allow women golfers, but not no longer. Really? Yeah. See, I came down to this show to learn more about it than you did. Yeah. <laughs> Talkworthy airs weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. Can't get enough BYU Radio? Then follow us on Twitter, at BYU Radio. Stay up to date with our programming, guests, shows, sports, and more. BYU Radio. Follow us and talk about good. The seed is planted. Look for the new BYU Radio storytelling show premiering September 2nd. Are there any shows you missed, want to listen to again, or share with a friend? Then check out our BYU Radio YouTube channel for episodes of all your favorite shows. And don't forget to subscribe. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping up our show today on brooding, that negative pattern of thinking and stewing that leads to just a mopey mess. We also call it Bryce Tobin's rant. <laughs> just kidding. Um, the uh, yeah, Bryce. Well, I was going to say, if I'm going to be a mess, I mean, I might as well be a hot mess. Okay, <laughs> you are a hot Thank mess. Thank you. Of uh, brooders. Um, so on the show, what you know, we've gotten into a lot of the tools, a lot of the ideas. We're going to come and wrap up the show, give you a little. You know, hopefully a little inspiring challenge at the end. But uh, before we do that, we like to also do a review of the headlines. And our own Colonel Rob Sanders has put together, I guess, a headline of brooders. Well, particularly because you don't find many articles on brooding, brooding specifically. Yeah. But what are what what's among the things we get mad about and brood about? There's ro- okay. ro- road rage is one. Yeah. Um, people in general, humans on this earth. That frustrates people, family. But politics. Oh, yeah. That bugs. People angry about stuff in the news. Go anywhere on the Internet right now, and you're going to find people angry at the National Security Agency's spy program, massive data collection, Facebook wiretapping. People are furious at the president, who seems to be just sitting by and letting it happen. People are furious at Congress, who seems to be sitting by and letting everything happen. 
Congress has a refreshing 14% approval rating. Neither Republicans nor Democrats have a strong sense of party loyalty. So what are people doing about it? Besides telling survey takers they're not satisfied? Yeah, pretty much nothing. Yeah, they need to throw all those dirtbags in Congress out. Except for my guy, he's cool. Now, to be fair, there are a few people who are getting upset. They show up at the town hall meetings. One recently in Maryland, for instance. A representative returned home to see his disgruntled constituents. They were mad about partisan politics. They were mad that he was being too nice to people from the other party. They were mad that the CIA didn't have enough information to prevent the Benghazi attack. They were mad at the NSA for collecting too much data. They demanded civility return to Washington. And they demanded their representative get back to Washington and kick butt. And even though these were his supporters, they said they'd want to impeach him. Now, it's not just Washington politics that makes people mad. The irritability and partisan vitriol has made its way into little city councils, like a small, quaint Boston suburb right by the sea. The town council hasn't been able to get anything done because every meeting turns into a fight. The worst slash best of all was last fall when a furious resident tipped a table over to show he was mad. One council person said... It's like people are thinking if our federal and state officials can't talk to each other civilly, why should we talk to each other civilly on a local level? As politics starts to stink and back up, it can make the sewers stink and back up. Cornwall, Ontario. Standing room only at a recent meeting. As sewers flood the basement, residents flood City Hall. (laughs) I made a pun. Nearly 200 residents sign a petition. Oh, Petitions don't do anything. But the biggest source of angriness of all, giving an Angelino a ticket, Motor Avenue and National Boulevard in Los Angeles, where there's no left turn lane, so cops put signs up saying no left turn to keep the traffic moving. The problem is it's a left turn that a lot of wealthy people use to drive between a rich neighborhood studio executives live in and two of the big movie studios. Since the signs went up, cops have handed out over 200 tickets And what are rich people doing about it? They're about the same as you and I. Nothing. And that's a look at angry people in the news. Angry people in the news. Well done. Boy, I could brood about uh, motor-related stuff all day. Well, and and bridges. Well, I'm I'm just talking to people using it, the other drivers. Did you – let's just make a rule. Uh, you can't use police sirens in your pieces because the minute hey, you hit that siren, everyone it, looked back in their car. Hey, if it's good enough for the used car tent event this weekend, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> yeah, we've heard those commercials. Well, and you if know they what? can do it, I can do it. And I feel like you know this time of day, drowsy driving is a real danger. So we are waking and them up. Adrenaline can sometimes keep you awake for you know days on end. So <laughs> a little extra adrenaline in your system might not be. It's good for the heart. See that. You, you also were so shocked that you came up with a pun in your last bit. I came up with a pun. What yes. was the pun? Because I was so taken with what you said that I didn't catch your pun. As the <laughs> – I'm trying to remember what it was. The Having you recall your pun. As the sewers backed up, so did the city hall. No. Uh, it was uh, – Complaints flooded the city at, hall or that's something right. like that. Powerful. As complaints – as the sewers flooded people's basements, complaints flooded city hall. Mm. Okay. Now, I, I did steal that from the article that I found. So you, so really okay, so you stole a pun. Yeah. 
You're a pun stealer. There's no such thing as an original content anymore. Let's get real. That's right. In well, fact, I'm going to read a quote in a second that's not original. It's stolen. Um, okay, everybody, top learning. What's your biggest learning to get out of your brooding? Pray, apparently. That's actually huge. Isn't apparently, that Apparently, that's what I need to be doing. Science is validating that prayer can help you change your feelings. By the way, praying for your enemy, the one that you're brooding over and mad about and frustrated. Do I, have, ch- do I have to pray positive things for them yes. or can I pray Don't like – Don't pray their demise. You pray that they'll find peace and learn to live. What did you learn, Merritt? I learned that we should stop talking about it, that, you know, we get together with girlfriends. It's usually like vent fest, yeah. but maybe that should stop. Okay. So. By the way, as guys, we've been doing that for years. We have all <laughs> learned not to talk about it, which is why ladies follow our lead. Don't think, just follow. Just sheep, <laughs> heard sheep. I will be a sheep. about it. No, that's not the goal. What did you learn, Robbie? And I learned despite huge positive overtones, you can't necessarily automatically get somebody out of their brooding by playing the fifth dimension for them. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they also visualize a unicorn and a rainbow. That, yeah, that might work. It, you got to use all your senses. Well, man, I hope we uh, have enjoyed that. I mean, really, it's a big topic. Brooding. Again, I think we're going to call it, uh, what do we call it? It's meditation. Morbid meditation. Morbid meditation. When you're just stuck in those bad negative thoughts that slowly kill you. The hamster wheel of the negative. The hamster wheel. <laughs> That's our new word for it. Are you hamster wheeling? Here's one quote to leave you on by Thomas S. Monson. To live greatly, we must develop the capacity to face trouble with courage, disappointment with cheerfulness, and triumph with humility. Thomas S. Monson. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow with more tools, ideas to let you see the good in the world. This is BYU Radio.